The way we treat our most vulnerable has always been the mark of a civilized society. And with our abortion and euthanasia laws, it's become obvious that we are anything but a civilized society. In fact, in today's world, children are targeted for abuse. Yes, children. And it should come as no surprise because we knew this was coming. You know, I'm going to show you how professors are trying to convince parents that their toddlers are transsexual. Schools are taking children to gay bars and indoctrinating children into the woke agenda and actively concealing it from parents. This is the John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Before we begin, let me ask you to please like and share this video and remember to subscribe to this channel. It helps and I'd appreciate it. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In Florida, children from Wilton Manors Elementary School were recently taken on a field trip to a gay bar called Rosie's Bar and Grill, which features food and drink options with clear references to male genitalia. Sandra Leonardi, a member of the Broward County School Board in Florida, took the children to the gay bar and posted on social media that she was honored to do so and thanked Rosie's for hosting this special trip every year. Now, children should not be taken to any bar, let alone a gay bar. And yet these adults who ought to know better, have taken the children to a bar which has menu items such as sweet lovin', naked sweaty lovin', and a burger called Ivana Hooker. It really is disgusting to see how much se sexual content is being shoved down the throats of our children all for the sake of wokeness. You know, just last week, Vermont mandated that the state's public schools make condoms available to children as young as 12. The law says that in order to prevent unintended pregnancies and sexually transmitted diseases, each school district shall make condoms available to all students in its secondary schools free of charge. <laughs> Meanwhile, a primary school in Scotland has asked boys and girls to come to school wearing skirts for a day. The wear a skirt to school day, of course, is not about let's get real with our kilts. Oh, no, no. It's a cross-dressing initiative modeled on a similar Spanish campaign, which was called Clothes Have No Gender. The boys, of course, look awkward and confused, but how obvious should that have been? Adolescence is confusing enough without boys being pressured into wearing skirts and dresses in order to make adults feel better about themselves. You know, the LGBT activists are so intent on normalizing a lifestyle that is harmful to bodies, minds, and souls that they are willing to cloak rank insanity in scientific-sounding speech in order to attempt to convince parents that even their toddlers are showing signs of being transgendered. Check this out. This is from Diane Aronsaft, an associate professor of pediatrics at UC San Francisco and director of mental health at the USCF Child and Adolescent Gender Center. So let me give you an example. I have a colleague who's transgender, and there is a video of him as a toddler. So he uh, was assigned female at birth, 
there's a video of him as a toddler tearing barrettes out of then her hair and throwing them on the ground and sobbing. That's a gender message. And when it happens not just once or twice or three times, that's a gender message. Sometimes kids between the age of one and two with beginning language will say, I boy, when you say girl. Those two words, I boy. That's not a pre-verbal, but an er early verbal message. It's, and sometimes there's an urge, the tendency to say, well, honey, no, you're a girl because little girls have vaginas and you have a vagina, so you're a girl. And then when they get a little older, you hear them say, did you not listen to me? I said, I am a boy with a vagina. Okay, but they can't say that between one and two. But they can show you about what they want to play with and if they feel uncomfortable about how you are responding to them and their gender if you're misgendering them. So you look for those kinds of actions, like tearing a skirt off. There was one, I think this was in the Barbara Walters special, where this child wore the um, little onesies with snap-ups in between the legs, and at age one would unsnap them to make a dress and have the dress flow. This was a child who was assigned male. That's a, that's a communication, a pre-verbal communication. Do you know what kind of damage is caused when parents give in to this agenda and harm their children by giving them drugs which block puberty? There are permanent effects. They can never recover full normal functioning. And it's a disaster. Do you remember even the woke 60 Minutes did a special on the damage this causes? Watch this testimony from a young woman for yourself. In some cases, patients are choosing to reverse the process. It's called detransitioning. In her early 20s, Grace Ladinsky-Smith was seriously depressed and developed gender dysphoria. She began searching for answers in transgender communities on the Internet. And when I saw them being so happy and excited about doing this wonderful transformative process to really, like, become their true selves, it was like... Have I considered that this could be my situation, too? Did this t have any part of it? A sense that men had it easier in life than <laughs> women did, and that your road might be easier if you were male? Yes. I just had this sense that if, if I could inhabit life as like a trans man, as a man, then I wouldn't feel so self-conscious. I was thinking that it would make me feel very free. <laughs> Grace says she found a gender therapist on the internet and told her, I'm thinking of transitioning. She thought it all sounded pretty good. Did the therapist not question you about how deep the feeling was and what it was stemming from? She didn't go really go into what my gender dysphoria might have been stemming from. We only did a few sessions. Because she was over 18 and didn't need parental consent, she says she merely signed an informed consent form at a clinic and got hormone shots. They asked me, so why do you want to go on testosterone? And I said, well, being a woman just isn't working for me anymore. And they said, okay. So that was that. You got your prescription for testosterone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just four months after she started testosterone, she says she was approved for a mastectomy, what's called top surgery, that she told us was traumatic. 
You know, I'm kind of surprised because based on everything you've set up to now, I would have thought you'd have a great sense of relief. I started to have a really disturbing sense that like a part of my body was missing, almost a ghost limb feeling about being like, there's something that should be there. And the feeling really surprised me, but it was really hard to deny. And so she detransitioned by going off testosterone and then went back to the clinic. And she says, complained to the doctor that the process didn't follow the WPATH guidelines. I can't believe that I transitioned and detransitioned, including hormones and surgery in the course of like less than one year. It's completely crazy. It's devastating. And yet this is the same theme we see repeated over and over again. For the convenience and joy of certain adults, children must suffer. Be that by divorce, same-sex marriage, abortion, the destructive gender ideology. You know, and when faced with adults or parents who refuse to let their children suffer for the sake of adults, what's the response? Well, for some of them, it's to resort to pushing the woke agenda anyway without telling the parents, without their consent, and also by hiding it from them. Just last week, the Oshkosh Area School District, which serves around 10,000 students in rural Wisconsin, instructed teachers to forego informing parents of their child's decision to identify as the opposite sex while in school, violating constitutionally protected parents' rights in the process, by the way, So previously, employees of the school district were bound by an administrative guideline to inform parents and get their consent when their children demanded to be referred to as an opposite sex pronoun. But now they are not to tell parents. And the claim is that this policy will help put students first and ensure that schools and classrooms are places where all students are able to be their true selves. (laughs) You know, schools and classrooms are supposed to be places of learning and education. Parents send their children to school not to be indoctrinated and encouraged to lie and be deceptive to their own parents, but to think and learn and grow. You know, it's getting so bad that a senior contributor at The Federalist, Stella Morabito, has published a warning to parents that if leftists are not stopped in their agenda, Moms and dads soon could need a license to raise their own children. She said, and I quote, We can feel it when schools hide health information from parents. We see it in legislation that allows minors to be taken in for abortions without parental knowledge or consent. It happens when schools hide from parents their child's claim to be transgender. Judges have even stripped custody from parents who don't want their minor child to take cross-sex hormones. End quote. You know, These dangerous trends, if left unchecked, will result in the complete destruction of the family as the basic unit of society and violate its sanctity as the domestic church. You know, and speaking of targeting children, the pharmaceutical industry really wants in on the action. In recent COVID madness, Pfizer has released a video calling children who took the jab as part of the clinical trials superheroes. Now, yes, these are used to manipulate children and adults into giving children the shot. And thanks to aggressive wheeling and dealing in Washington, Pfizer currently has a monopoly over the U.S. 5- to 17-year-old COVID shot market. The FDA recently cleared the Pfizer shots for children while conceding during its committee that the hearing 
uh, that, of course, this government health outfit has no idea about the long-term effects to children. And yes, this is the same Pfizer that stands to make billions in profit from the vaccines, the same Pfizer that will next quarter provide results from those children that are six months to less than two years old of the COVID shots. So of course they're promoting children who got the shots in the trial as superheroes. Superheroes for Pfizer making their profits. All of us want to be superheroes. And the most important heroes are those that help others. This year, thousands of kids like us around the world joined the COVID-19 vaccine trial. Kid power. And when they did, they became all superheroes. Ah! To all the kids who volunteered, we'd like to say... The CDC, of course, fell in line with Big Pharma and have endorsed the Pfizer vaccine, making 28 million children between the ages of 5 and 11 eligible for the COVID-19 shot. This despite the admission from Dr. Eric Rubin, editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine, that, quote, we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it, he said. That's just the way it goes, he concluded. You know, Dr. Ben Carson, he was arguing that the risks of the shot far outweigh the benefits. He said, and I quote, the mortality rate for children from the COVID-19 is 0.025, which is very similar to the rate for seasonal flu. Do we want to put our children at risk when we know that the risk of the disease to them is relatively small, but we don't know what the future risks of the vaccine are? Why would we do a thing like that? It makes no sense whatsoever, end quote. It certainly does make no sense whatsoever. And yet, or maybe that's exactly why, First Lady Jill Biden is traveling the country to encourage Americans to vaccinate their children against COVID-19. The Biden administration is also urging school districts to distribute materials promoting the COVID vaccines to children and their parents, as well as set up school-located vaccine clinics of course, using federal COVID aid dollars. Now, San Francisco has announced that it will be the first state to implement vaccine passports for children aged 5 to 11, banning the children from entering into restaurants, gyms, or sporting events unless they get the jab. Well, not to be outdone, Costa Rica became the first country in the world to make vaccination against COVID-19 mandatory for everyone under age 18. Costa Rica closed a deal with Pfizer for the purchase of 3.5 million vaccine doses, of which 1.5 million will be used for children aged 5 to 11. You know, it is time. It's time for us to fight back, especially to protect our children. You know, some are doing that. A rabbinical court in New York City ruled that it is, and I quote, it is absolutely forbidden to administer or even promote this COVID-19 injection to children, adolescents, young men or women. The ruling entitled Official Translation of the Halachic Delineation came after listening to eight hours of extensive testimonies from experts in the field. The document also referred to testimonies from, quote, fellow Jews who suffered injuries and also how this injection is harmful to procreation and fertility. The main area of concern for the rabbinical court was harmed children and young people as a result of the COVID jabs. 
as well as potential harm from uh, the jabs that could result from unknown or long-term effects. In addition, according to the Jewish group, it is prohibited for women of the same Jewish denomination to intentionally practice sterilization or preventing fertility. Therefore, due to concerns about what the jab might do to fertile women, including risks of severe blood clotting, they say, and I quote, it is forbidden for them to take this injection, end quote. It's not only the Jewish court, the Diocese of Madison in Wisconsin has also prohibited diocesan schools and churches from hosting vaccination clinics. The bishop there, Bishop Donald Hyings, said that his decision was informed by his wish to remain neutral on the question of vaccination against COVID-19. But of course, that's not good enough for Father James Martin. And of course, Father James Martin, who promotes the normalization of, in the church of destructive homosexual behaviors, responded by calling Bishop Hying's decision anti-life. In fact, just like he called us at LifeSite News, DeathSite News recently, for daring to be against the COVID jabs. Now, well, actually daring to speak the truth on all issues, from taint the abortion-tainted nature of the, the so-called COVID jabs, uh, to the truth about homosexuality. And you know, the truth is the truth no matter what. And we at LifeSite are committed to proclaiming the truth. And we will do that regardless of the cost. Because we know that the truth will set us free. St. Maximilian Kolbe, the great saint of Auschwitz, said, No one in the world can change truth. What we can do, he said, and should do, is seek the truth and serve it when we have found it. So in keeping with that commitment... We at LifeSite have partnered with the Truth for Health Foundation on a conference about the risks of vaccination for children. And all of the conference videos are available for free on LifeSite. I encourage you to go to our website, lifesitenews.com, and click on the watch button at the top right-hand side to view these videos and to subscribe to our email newsletter to never miss an update from us. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to lifesitenews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop. 
even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parlor, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.